welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by lovely guest, Irina Hamplova. Irina is a senior clinical embryologist, and she started her career in Czech Republic in 2004, where she worked with the biggest IVF clinic in the country. Six years later, she moved for two years to Cyprus, where she worked as the head of the IVF lab in Nicosia, and she then went on for another two years in Morocco, Casablanca. At, the, at that time, she also started to work as an independent consultant, helping newly established IVF clinics in Africa to launch their activities. She helped clinics in Togo, in Senegal, in Uganda, Ethiopia, Guinea-Conakry, Ivory Coast, Gabon, Burkina Faso, and Cameroon. She organized numerous workshops in Africa where she was teaching embryologists various advanced uh, techniques used in the IVF lab. Irina joins us today to enlighten us on many aspects of IVF. So welcome, Irina, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, really. Yay. And it's amazing to see you worked in so many countries. Wow, that's amazing. It is. It's really exciting for me. You know, I really love it. Wonderful. So to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd like to share. Okay, I actually you said it all. I'm, uh, <laughs> I started a long time ago as embryologist, uh, and I, because I always loved to travel, so I start. I accepted job in uh, Cyprus, then Morocco, and at that time I discovered the job uh, advertisement. They were asking uh, in Uganda, Hulu, they needed specialists to come to reopen IVF clinic. So I said, okay, I'm going. And, you know, it was like uh, laugh on the first side. I really start, I really fell in love with Africa. And since then, I was uh, coming to various countries. At, at the beginning, it was just a few times a year. And mm. then suddenly, somehow it happened that uh, I'm here all the time now. So I'm working only in Africa. Wow. That's amazing. And today, <laughs> today we're speaking about uh, Ebony IVF in Ghana, where you also work yeah. currently. Yes. Uh, we yes. wanted to speak about the services offered. So please uh, perhaps enlighten us about the services you have at Ebony IVF. Okay. You know, actually, uh, how it started. It mm. was, I was already working like six or maybe seven years in Africa and I was teaching a local embryologist about, uh, you know, new techniques and etc. I visited many clinics and uh, I have a friend who is also working in IVF field and we were feeling like, why don't we start something by our own, you know, like our own small place where we can offer all those advanced techniques, which is difficult to find in any other countries. So we made agreement with the local hospital in Accra, Airport Women Hospital, and we started to come. We started to come every two months for one week, and we are collecting patients from all over the world, in fact, not only from Ghana or Africa, but we have a lot of patients coming from the US, from UK, from France, because we have uh, French-speaking uh, colleagues as right. well. And uh, uh, so that's like our baby. 
And we really try to offer services, techniques, which is difficult to find in Africa at the moment. Right. Well, that's amazing. So what is your role at Ebony IVF? I'm 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 embryologist. I'm a senior embryologist, but of of course I do everything. I'm talking to the patients and I'm explaining. You know that's another thing which we were really missing in Africa because mm. you know here you have a lot of really beautiful and perfect IVF clinics. But what I miss a bit is that here in Africa doctors don't spend time talking to patients. Right. You know, and I feel like especially in IVF because it's very stressful journey it's very stress it's really stressful and you need to understand it's not easy and and i was missing this aspect so this is what we're really trying to do we are always talking to people and explaining that's amazing and like you're right it is important that doctors see the importance of speaking to people i guess for doctors sometimes it seems like you see so many patients um but obviously for that patient this is really important (laughs) Sure, exactly. You know, sure, of course. I mean, that's clear. And I'm, I know, I understand because, uh, you know, the clinics are busy, doctors are busy. So, uh, and in fact, you are talking about the same things over and over. Exactly. But when you look at it from the point of your patient, it's really important because it's new for you as patient. So exactly. you really need to understand. Exactly. And of course, you mentioned the fact that other people come from other countries, even outside the African continent as well. So I wonder, um, I mean, sometimes people explore to come to Africa as well because of donor um, gametes and uh, the option of perhaps donor eggs and donor sperm. So in terms of your options, do you have various ethnicities in what you offer for the donor and uh, donor eggs and uh, donor yeah. Well, actually, we, we have a Ghanaian donors. Uh, it's uh, nearly impossible to find a white donor in Africa. It's the same situation like in Europe. That's actually why we have quite a lot of patients coming from Europe, because it's very difficult to find a black donor in Europe. We have the opposite situation. We have a lot of black donors, but to find a white donor, you know, yeah. then I would recommend people to simply go to Europe and IVF clinic because there is plenty of them. But if you need black donor, then of course we can we can offer our services because we have a lot of black donors. Okay, and is there a waiting period? Uh, no, 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 it's not. It's not because it's very easy to find a donor in Ghana. We have a lot of uh, young students, you know, usually it's a student or young mothers Right. on maternity leave who want to to help right okay uh and of course you know you mentioned that you had i mean of course you're an embryologist and doing this for several years uh one of the areas that people that are also considering donor conception uh think about is um also perhaps the for black people for example Oftentimes mm-hmm. people look at it, people are concerned about sickle cell carriers or the traits yes. Um, yes. Do your donors have, um, are they checked for this? Do you use any yes. donors with uh, sickle cell traits or carriers? No, 
Uh, yeah, of course, of course, that's 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 a problem. That's a problem, if, uh, especially for African population. Right. So no, we don't. We do not accept the donors uh, which are carrying sickle cell. Of course, because you know it. Um, I mean, if if the donor is carrying sickle cell trait, it doesn't mean she's ill, but exactly. she can pass. She can pass the gene to the baby, and. Okay. Especially, we we would have to be really careful about if the partner, the man, is not also carrying the gene. You know, so we want to avoid it. I mean, why to do it? It's not necessary. So we are testing the donors for sickle cell, and we are not accepting the donors who are not uh, who are like uh, not homozygous, simply okay. healthy healthy donors. Right. Okay. And that's very important. I mean, for, for Black people anyway, other people might not understand, but it's something that uh, always comes up in conversations. Um, yeah, sure. It's, it's quite this. nasty. It's quite nasty, uh, nasty illness. So, of course, we, uh, we want to avoid it. But, you know, and maybe uh, that's... Uh, you, I believe that you wanted, we wanted to talk about this as well, because of course we have a lot of uh, couples who don't need the donation. And if the couple, uh, they, they find out that they both are carrying the gene for sickle cell, there is a way as well, you know, because we can test the embryos and we can actually choose the embryos which are healthy or which are just carrying the sickle cell trait. So it means they will not be affected by the, by the sickle cell disease. Okay, so that's great. That's so that, that option, okay, so that option is there as well for you. The testing is done yes. there as well in Ghana for that. Yes. Uh, so, you you know, the people need to understand that if you are in the situation when both of you, wife and husband, are carrying the disease and you want to avoid uh, having a kid which is affected, then the only way how to do it is to test the embryos. And for that, you need to go through IVF uh, treatment, even if you both fertile and healthy, because we simply need to get as many embryos as possible. And uh, then, uh, so the patient need to go through IVF treatment. We stimulate the wife, you know, we make the embryos uh, and we keep them in the lab for five days. And uh, on day five, I, what I do is I take a small piece of the, each embryo I freeze all embryos because we have to wait for the result. And then I send the sample of those, those small pieces of each embryo. I'll send them to Europe to genetic lab for testing. Right. And in like two or three weeks, we get the result, you know, and then we can choose the healthy embryos and we can transfer them back to uterus in like next menstruation cycle. Okay. So that's good to know because again, that's, I mean, you stating that because that means people that might not need IVF, perhaps, you know, mm -hmm. they might not need it, but because they have that concern of uh, not yes. wanting a child that is, has a sickle cell, then they do need to go through IVF treatment. Exactly. Exactly. So basically it's healthy people, you know, they would normally don't need IVF treatment, but because we want to test embryos, they have to go through that. Right. Okay. But, you know, on the other side, you know, because they are basically healthy and they don't have fertility issues, then there is a big chance that we will have a lot of nice, beautiful embryos, which are right. good for testing, you know, right. so usually because it's usually young people, fertile people who are coming for this. So it's, it's sort of like uh, good for us, good for getting the healthy embryos. Okay. 
that's good to know because again i think because i mean i i'm a nigerian and of course, oftentimes people have conversations about both being both carriers of the sickle cell. Some people decide not to date, not to even get married because they don't want yeah. to. Uh, so knowing yeah. that there's an option, even if you do get married, there are options to try to prevent yes. that is, uh, is good to know. Yes, Thank it is for, for sure. That. Yeah. And then for people that use donors, um, on average, I mean, I know you noted earlier that some of them are university students or young mothers. What is the average mm -hmm. age of the egg and sperm donors? Mm -hmm. So we accept donors, I mean, female donors, which are between 21 and 30 years old. Okay. But the uh, average age is like 24, 25, I would say. Okay, great. For men, for male donors, uh, the age, the maximum age is uh, 35. Okay, that's great. Okay, I, I guess that's also because sometimes as much as people say that men can have children for as long as they want, uh, there are some issues that could also arise, right? After, with yes. the age with men? Exactly. I mean, of course, that that's true. I mean, men, it's true. Men, they can have children until they are 80. But uh, I've read uh, many articles about uh, the, you can find the higher percentage of like autistic children uh, of all the father. And they so, of course, I mean, when we are talking about donation, we are not going to use uh, donors who are uh, old. That's clear. Right. right. Okay. And with the donors again, how many times do you use a, a single donor? Is there a maximum time? Okay, yes. You know what, that, this is a bit tricky because uh, like uh, our clinic, we, we don't use donors more than two times. In fact, actually, we never use a donor twice in uh, our in our Ebony IVF because we are just a small clinic. We don't have a lot of patients, so we don't have to. But right. the thing is, you know, that there is no central register. So even if I tell donor, look, I mean, you should not do it more than twice in your life because simply, you know, it's a lot of hormones uh, you are getting for the stimulation. So, uh, you know, if you were my daughter, I would not recommend you to do it more than twice in your life. But the thing is that even if I refuse her in our clinic, she can go to another clinic and she can donate again. So That's this true. is, this is, you know, so, and there is no way how to prevent this. Exactly. And uh, the same situation uh, was in Europe when I was working there. I, to be honest, I don't know what's the situation now, but uh, it was the same. So unfortunately that that's the fact. We are not using donor more than two times, but it doesn't mean that she's not donating in some another clinic. Good to know. Um, and I think that's the reality because without any central register, how yeah. do you really know where the person has been? Exactly. You know, or how many exactly. times they've been there. Hmm. Exactly. And when you do have donors, when people use egg donors, for example, is there a, a minimum guarantee, quote unquote? Uh, mm. Okay. You know what? That's another thing because people are asking mm -hmm. me about it quite often. <laughs> yes. Like how many eggs you guarantee? <laughs> but you know, you can never guarantee anything because it's nature and you have no idea how the donor is going to react to stimulation. I mean, basically speaking, they should be reacting well because they are young and healthy, but it sometimes happens, you know, that they yeah. don't produce enough eggs. So I never guarantee anything because I simply do not know. I can tell you, statistically speaking, our donors are having 10, 15 eggs per function, per, per pickup, per mm -hmm. cycle. But it happened to me that they just simply had only three eggs. Yeah. 
But what we do is we give one donor to one recipient. And okay. if she is not having enough eggs, we always find a way how to compensate. You know, we always like, usually when this happens and it's not happening very often, but it happened to me. And I, I was talking to patient. I said, don't worry. You know, you don't have any embryos for freezing, but if you don't get pregnant, you just come back and we, we will give you like few eggs because we always have some, some eggs, donors, eggs frozen, you know, like an egg okay. bank as well, like a backup. Okay. And so we can use those frozen eggs and we can just make embryos for another transfer. Okay. So, you know, because know. I believe, I, be, I really believe it's important that the patient is relaxed because if you are not relaxed, if you are stressed, then uh, it simply cannot work. So, you know, I always want patient to feel well and uh, not to be under the pressure. So we always find a way. We are a small clinic, so we can sort of afford it. Yeah, well, that's great that you're doing that, you know, being flexible, because again, like you said, it can be quite stressful. So yeah. for a patient, knowing that even if it works out that there isn't enough, the clinic will try to do something to help out. That goes exactly. a long way in just putting exactly. your mind at rest, a piece that, okay, I don't have to worry about this. It'll work out somehow. Yeah, yeah for sure. We really try to do that. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> That's important then. And we just need more awareness for clinics understanding, you know, the whole mental, just the, the, the whole stress that comes with it. And yes, I know. But, you know, the fact is that uh, that's the beauty of uh, our small team, because right. we simply have time. And I know because I'm working like, for example, the, my, my daily life, I'm working in a huge clinic in Cameroon, and you simply do not have time for that. You know? So that's why we decided to open our small, cozy place where we yeah. can pay attention and we can spend time with people. That's, that's, that's wonderful. And for, there's real, I mean, people call to different clinics for different reasons. And of course, people might be coming to Ebony um, IVF for different reasons as well. Some people also wonder if a patient has been having recurrent losses. Mm -hmm. Is that something mm -hmm. that of you course. can come to yes. your clinic for? Yes, 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 yes. Actually, you know, we, I'm, I'm not, um, I don't want to say that we don't accept like a normal patient who just wants simple donation. <laughs> of course, we, we would, but we we are there for difficult cases you know that's right. like what we what we are there for so uh what you said like if uh, there is a patient who and and usually you know these people they get pregnant spontaneously but they yeah. simply miscarry yeah and in, again and again and again and it's usually caused by uh by by wrong chromosomes in eggs or sperm. So the way how to prevent it is to test embryos. Again, it's like with sickle cell, okay? Right. So then the couple has to go through IVF when we try to produce as many embryos as, as possible. And we can test embryos just for to see if the chromosomes are okay. Right. Yeah, so yes, we do it. We do, of course we do it. Okay, so that's good to know because again, that's part of the some of the concerns of people uh, that might be yes, going through. It's that very stressful. Insurance. Yes, yeah. it's really stressful. It's really stressful. And just to confirm, for genetic testing, people could come there to Ebony IVF for any genetic testing. Really, it's not yes, just for basically. Cell. Basically, I I don't want to I don't want to say hundred percent genetic diseases can be tested because I don't know I'm not geneticians. But yes, if there is a uh, some disease which is going running in a family, 
Right. Yes, we can test it. They can test it. It's not only sickle cell. We've been testing another diseases as well. Okay. And but, genetic- very specific. Very specific. So yes, it's possible. Yeah, like some people have like balanced translocation or cystic fibrosis. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Like you, usually this, usually this, this uh, translocation is the thing which is causing the uh, miscarriages. The losses. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's that's usually the cause of of uh, of the miscarriages. So of course, yeah, that's that's very simple to test. Okay, and with this test, since they're all done in Czech Republic, right? You send the biopsy to Czech Republic. Uh, yes, yes, I do. I do the biopsy itself. I mean, I'm taking the small piece of the embryo in Ghana, and mm-hmm. then we send it to genetic lab. It's a huge genetic lab in uh, Czech Republic. Okay, and what about for people that have the embryos? Or perhaps, do you work with other clinics? So, for example, if a patient or couple are having treatment mm. in the Gambia, mm-hmm. for example, and they just okay. wanted to have the biopsy and then send it to your clinic to get tested. Uh, you, you know what? This is a little bit tricky because there is a two, two factors which are quite difficult to solve. The first thing is that we are talking about embryos which are already frozen. Right. Okay. Uh, when I want to do the biopsy of embryo, I need embryo which is five days old. Yeah. So the question is, like, how old is the embryo which is already frozen? It's usually frozen on day three, sometimes four or five. So imagine the patient is having embryos, let's say, five days old. They would come to our clinic in Ghana. We would have to thaw the embryos. Then yeah. I would have to leave them a bit, I would do the biopsy and then I would have to freeze them again. So, you know, they, they would be frozen twice, which is, they can survive. They usually survive it if they are good quality, but of course, of course, it doesn't make them super happy. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that to transport embryos from one country to another country is extremely difficult. You need a special container, which nearly none of the clinics in Africa is heaven. And you have to talk to airline. It's, believe me, it's, it's, it's a pain. So, I mean, in extreme situation, it's doable, but it's, it's expensive and it's really complicated. So it's much better when we can do the whole IVF cycle in Ghana. Right. Okay. That's much, good to much know. easier. And also, I think it might be even cheaper, you know, right. because uh, this logistic of transporting embryos from one country to another is really difficult. And it expensive. is inexpensive, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So if for international patients coming, thinking of coming to Ghana for their treatment, how long do they need to mm-hmm. be in Ghana? How long do they, do they need, oh, can they do some yes. scans back home or? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, what we normally do, we start to talk on WhatsApp, okay? And okay. Uh, I'm, I'm always asking the patient if they have a good gynecologist at home, I mean abroad, Mm-hmm. Uh, they who can help them uh, because what we need at the beginning is just to have some ultrasound scans. We need some hormonal testing, and and that's it. And then, if the patient has got really good connection with gynecologists at home, we can even conduct the stimulation abroad, and they can come just for for egg collection to Ghana and to stay only one week. Right. But my experience is that it's not the case, especially in the US, we have big problem to find a doctor who is willing to cooperate and in the UK as well. So I 
always think it's better if the patient is in Ghana for the whole stimulation, which is, let's say, like 12, 14 days max, plus right. one week when we do, when we prepare the embryos, embryos are growing in the lab, and then at the end, we put them back to uterus. So it's like maximally three weeks. Okay. And do you help with the uh, logistics and accommodation? Is there some kind of support provided with Ebony IVF? Of course, we always talking to our patients who are coming from abroad and we always help them to find a hotel which is close to the hospital. Of course, okay. yes. All right, that's perfect. And so for anyone looking to have a consultation with you to explore treatment at Ebony IVF, what's the best way to reach out? Okay, the best way is simply to send me a message on my WhatsApp because I'm traveling a lot, but I always have my telephone with me, so I'm replying uh, pretty fast. If I'm not uh, on the aeroplane, I usually reply in uh, like one hour. So WhatsApp is the best. Okay, so should we put your WhatsApp details in the notes of the episode then? Yes, or yes, you... of course, of course you can. Okay. That's uh, sure, no problem. All right, perfect. And is there any other information you'd like to share with us today for any prospective patient, individual or couple looking to come to Ebony IVF? Yes, um, you know what? I just want to tell everybody who needs IVF treatment, just be patient. Don't don't give up. It's it's not easy journey. Just, you know, you have to understand that like you have a 35, 40% chance to get pregnant uh, at the, like the, on the first try. So mm -hmm. more probably you are not getting pregnant than you are getting pregnant. So just don't give up, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because, uh, because finally uh, the, uh, there is like this cumulative success rate is about 85%. So, you know, finally there is a big chance that you will make it at the end. Right. That's it. Thank you so much, Irina. It's been amazing speaking to you here today. I think that uh, you have a perfect combination of the science, but also recognizing the importance of the personal, personable part of uh, the treatment. Um, you really recognize that a patient uh, is a person and they have their feelings and emotions. And so you going above and beyond to support them and to help them feel uh, at peace during their whole treatment is really appreciated. Uh, so thank you for all the amazing work you're doing at Ebony IVF and trying to create options for people uh, locally and even all those people coming from abroad as well, looking for options. Thank you for all that you're doing. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. I don't want to uh, tell to people who are listening to us, uh, I see you because it's uh, not really <laughs> what I wish, <laughs> but uh, if I have to see you, I will do my best. Thank you. And your details would also be in the show notes so that people can okay, reach out perfect. and Thank ask you. more questions. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's Thank been you. really pleasure. Same here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.